Welcome back to Command Line TV. Last time we talked about text ma manipulation using commands like cut, sort, uh, and unique. And what are we doing today? Um, today we'll be doing more file management. We'll be using the move command, uh, the copy command, remove, and then we'll touch base on removing and making directories. Great, yeah. So the move and copy commands I think is where we'll start. And there are two ways to use these commands. I'm going to get the uh, usage screen, the help screen for the move command. So that's the double dash help. And we'll pipe that into less. And the two ways are summarized by these top two um, lines here. The third one is just an alternative to uh, another of them. But the first way that you use move is you specify a single source and a single destination. These are file names. And so what it means is that you are moving, actually you're renaming the file to a different file name. So this version of the command could just be called rename and on other systems it might be called rename. So let's take a look at trying that version of the move command first. So I'm in my downloads folder and I've got a couple of files here. Let's say that I wanna take this um, weblog.txt and rename it maybe to put a date in the file name or something like that. So I can do move weblog.txt and then I just give a destination name which could be like weblog 2015 July 11th.txt or something like that. And so my move command had a source and a destination. When I do ls now the name of that file has changed but it's exactly the same content. Now, the destination doesn't have to be in the same directory. You can specify a different directory where it will go, so then it feels like a little bit more than a rename. So let's say, for example, um, if I want to move um, my languages file into the think Java directory, but I might also rename it at the same time. So I could call it international or something like that, dot text. So um, this is a rename combined with also moving it into a subdirectory. Um, and that works fine. So if I ls from up here, that languages.txt is gone. But if we look inside the think Java, which I could do with cd there first in ls, or I can just say ls in the name of that directory, um, you see here that internationalization file is now in that directory. The second way to use move is, um, let's get back this less command, um, is you move multiple source files. So the dots here mean I can specify multiple sources. You might want to use a wildcard to specify multiple sources. And then the last thing you specify is a destination directory. It'll keep the names of all those files, but then move them all into that destination directory. So let's say, for example, um, I'm going to go down into my Think Java um, figs folder. We've been here before to look at images and so forth. And there are different formats here, so EPS and fig, as well as different prefixes. And I could move them into separate folders. So, for example, let's make a separate folder for figs and for EPS. Um, 
So I'm going to also introduce this command. This is one of the simplest commands there is, called makedir, spelled M-K-D-I-R. That creates a new directory, and we can um, specify just one directory name or multiple directory names, and those would get created if they don't exist yet. Um, so now I've got listed here, among all of my other files, I've got an EPS and a fig folder. Um, and now I'm going to use move the second version along with a wildcard. So I say star.fig. And the destination directory is called fig. Or move star.eps. And the destination is eps. And now this looks a lot cleaner because all of those files are in their various subfolders. Now, Professor, when I originally learned about the move command, I know it was especially dangerous to use it if files already existed and you might overwrite something. Yeah, it's a real sharp edge of the, the way move works is that um, when that destination already exists, if you're using the first form where you're just renaming, if that destination file exists, it will just overwrite it and it doesn't even tell you that it did that. So um, let's go back up here to my regular downloads folder where I created this weblog.txt, right? So let's say that I want to rename survey. Let's imagine that this survey actually is a weblog. So I want to rename it and give it a different date, right? So I put like 12 or something like that. Um, now that'll be harmless because that file uh, doesn't exist. But what if I make a typo or something and I put a file that does exist? This will rename survey.tsv into that weblog for July 11th, and it overwrote the old one. If I do ls, there's no more survey.tsv, however, this file contains the content from the old survey.tsv. And the old content from this weblog file is gone. It just doesn't exist anymore. So if I do head on this, we'll see that it's actually the survey data and not the weblog data. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a really dangerous thing to do. It's especially dangerous if you're using wildcards. So sometimes you will mean to use um, a wildcard um, in order to move multiple files into a destination directory, right? So let's say I make dir hello, and I want to move hello-2.10-tar star. So basically, this use of a wildcard here will match both of these files, right? The tar gz as well as the tar gz sig. So I want to move both of those files into the destination directory, hello, all right? That will work fine. However, what if I just forget to put the destination directory? Now what happens is this wildcard happens to expand to two separate files, right? So that expansion is what's going to happen first. It's going to become the tar gz as well as the tar gz sig. And now my command looks like that. I don't have to type this. This is just what the wildcard expansion will do. And so now instead of triggering the second form, 
where we're moving to a uh, directory, it's triggering the first form where I'm just renaming. And remember that that rename can clobber something. So um, now I'm just missing one of those files. It's gone. Um, so that's a real sharp edge. There are a couple of things that you can do to make that a little bit more uh, safe, a little easier to deal with. Um, one thing that you can do is there are a couple of options to do, um, like there's something called move-n. Let's take a look at the help page again. Um, dash n stands for no clobber, so do not overwrite an existing file. Um, so if I had remembered to specify dash n before I did that, let's actually put back, I'm just going to fake this um, by creating an empty file name. So if I just create an empty gz file using my editor and uh, like save it, we covered nano previously. Um, now I've got not the original content, but at least I've got two files with that name, so I can try it again. So if I do dash n, hello 2.10 star, it didn't give me an error message, but it didn't do the move. It left both the files um, alone. Another way besides dash n is dash i, which is for interactive. So we'll try that as well. What interactive does is it prompts you to um, whether you really want to overwrite files or not, and you can type yes or no. So I say, oh, I didn't mean to overwrite that file, so I'll do n. So those are two options to move that make it a little bit safer. Um, another technique is inherent in that third format of move. So this does the same thing as the second format. It moves a bunch of source files into a target or destination directory. Um, but by specifying the directory first, maybe you're less likely to forget to put it. Right. So um, if I wanted to move both of these hello files into the hello directory, I might say move to the target hello. I'm moving stuff into there. And then do hello 2.10 star. And now both of those are gone from this directory, but they're both present in the subdirectory. So those are a couple of options for the move command. It seems like the move command should automatically have the dash n or the dash i embedded into it for safety reasons. Is there anything we can do about that? Yeah, the philosophy of Unix is often that uh, you know what you're doing. And, uh, and if, you're, if you don't, if you're making a mistake, then it doesn't do a lot to prevent it. Unix commands in general are not meant to protect you from yourself. And in fact, um, one time when I was a teaching assistant, um, we had two different sections of a programming course that uh, that we were teaching, and we kept their grades in two separate spreadsheet files. And I wanted to move both of them into, or maybe copy both of them, I don't remember, into a different directory. So I did like copy star dot spreadsheet, whatever. And um, that ended up taking one of those files and using that data to overwrite the other file. So we lost the grades for one of our sections. Uh, we did have a backup of them, but it, you know we lost a couple days of work. Um, so the other TAs were not very happy with me. Um, but there is a way if you would like to um, have greater defenses for this kind of thing to ensure that. 
So we can make it so that the dash n or dash i commands are automatic. Uh, the way to do that is what we call an alias. So the way an alias works is you type alias and then the name of the command you want to create. So for example, we can make a brand new command. Um, LT is not a command that exists on the Unix system generally, but I can make a command called LT by declaring an alias. And then I just specify an equal sign and quotes, usually single quotes, but probably could be double quotes. Um, and I want that to stand for this ls-ltr, which I said I use all the time, right, because it shows me uh, detailed listing in reverse um, chronological order. So I declare that alias, and now when I type lt, it does that ls-ltr, and the most recent stuff is at the bottom. Um, so I can do that same thing for the move command. And let's say I want to use move-i by default. So i is the interactive one. And now that I've got that alias set up, if I go down into hello where I've got these two files, and I try to do move hello star, the way that would have worked by default is it takes one of those and overwrites the other one. But because of my alias with dash i, it will ask me to overwrite. And so I can just say no. Now we would like to save that for the future as well. An alias, if I, if I just type it at the command line like that, will only be good for the current session. And when I close this terminal or log out, it's gone. So I'd like to keep it longer than that. Um, to do that, I'm going to go up to my home folder, which is tilde, and we're going to look at what we call the dot files. So ls hides some files from us by default. Any file name or directory name that starts with a dot is meant to be hidden out of the way, but the dash a on ls will show them. So one of those files here, well two of them, are bash profile and bash rc. And if bash is your shell, which it probably is, um, then profile is a file where you can put definitions and configuration that will get read every time you log in. And then bash rc gets read every time you start a new terminal, a new shell. Um, so you can probably put it in either one. Um, let's go with the bash rc. So I'm going to run my nano editor on bash rc. If you don't already have your bash rc or bash profile, this command will still work fine. You'll just create a brand new file. Um, mine will show that that file already exists because when I created a new user on this system, it gave me a default bash rc. But if this is empty to start out, it's no problem. You can see here it's already got an alias for ls. This explains why we had um, the color output on ls. It was giving a double dash color option to ls whenever we type it because of that alias. So I'm going to go just below that somewhere and do my move alias to move dash i. And let's also do it for copy. We haven't really talked about copy, but it's got the same sort of issues. Um, so I create those aliases, and I'm going to save that with Control-O and exit with Control-X. And now, to get that to take effect in the current shell, 
without restarting the terminal, I can type source.bashrc. So now that CP alias should be available. If I go down to hello again, I guess it's downloads hello, and we're going to do the CP on these files. So this means copy one file to, to a different file name. It won't remove the original, which maybe is an improvement, but copy by default will clobber the destination if it already exists. But since I added that alias for dash i, it's asking me whether to overwrite. So I've been able to use aliases to make those commands a little bit safer. Today we learned to use MV to move and rename files, and some basics of CP to copy files. We also learned how to make a simple alias and to edit our bash RC to customize settings beyond the current terminal. We'll continue with more file management next time. Thanks for joining us.